Hello, welcome to Gunfighter Cast, episode number 131. I'm your host, Daniel Shaw, and I'm still here with Joe Wire, the Director of Training and SRT Team Commander for Alliance Police Department and Range Master for one of the nation's top training facilities, Alliance Police Training. I was trying to go all this Sunday, Sunday, Sunday for that one. Uh, welcome back, Joe. Yeah, thank you. It's been a while. Yeah. We, we took about a five-minute break. Right. We're starting this one. Yeah. Um, so this this episode... We're going to talk about gun safety in the home. And the first thing we're going to talk about is you asked to talk about gun safety in the home because it's something that, that you've, uh, that's very important to you. And it's something I've been planning on talking about on Gunfighter Cast for a while. So I thought it was really awesome when you asked me, uh, hey, let's do this one. And, or maybe you didn't ask, maybe you just told me. But uh, I, I was cool because it's something that I've been passionate about, seeing some things happening. Uh, out there in the world that that are ungood, and uh, that's why this podcast exists to help educate the public, and hopefully we can, and maybe it can even save some lives, and and that and maybe even begin a paradigm shift in our community to be more vocal and say when things are right and when things are wrong, uh, and but you have a actual uh, an incident with yourself and some things you've responded to that really really make this stand out to you. Sure, and we're going to get into that right after this quick message from Primary Weapon Systems. Primary Weapon Systems, or PWS, is a state-of-the-art machine shop in Boise, Idaho. PWS makes almost all their rifle components in-house, and the parts they don't make, they acquire from the highest quality manufacturers in the United States. The Mod 2 Series rifles from PWS are some of the most feature-rich ARs on the market. One of those features is the Mod 2 Enhanced Buffer Tube, which has a ratchet lock design that eliminates the need for staking while providing a solid lockup with the ability to remove it easily in the future. Go take a look at primaryweapons.com. Primary Weapon Systems. Because it's time. Joe, why is gun safety in the home so important to you? Uh, Well, uh, it should be important to all of us. Um, So uh, there's uh, this is a multifaceted. Uh, It's important to me uh, because I've seen uh, the end results of poor gun safety in the home, uh, in the lives of children, uh, seriously hurt children uh, and adults. Um, and every time uh, one of those things happen, it creates an entire pool of people that will never vote the way that we would like them to when it comes to guns uh, and whatnot. Uh, and it also turns people off that those tragic incidences touch. Um, so uh, I feel as a gun community, uh, we are failing uh, at the gun safety aspect and keeping uh, tragic things from happening. Not only is there potential special, you know, life lost potentially in this situation, but it's going to affect a lot of people for years. Sure, the rest of their lives. So you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that go on uh, when I talk about guns and uh, the commu- yeah, with the community uh, in a different classes that I teach and things like that uh, that uh, allow us to uh, kind of put things off or be laxed about um, when uh, when I talk about gun safety in the home and and I ask you know if a child gets a hold of a gun when is this most likely to happen. Uh, and everyone will always say, well, when you're not around, when you're not home. Uh, and that's absolutely false uh, in, in my experience. Uh, every uh, single time I have responded to a call where a child has been hurt uh, or killed with a firearm, um, one or both parents were home. 
Uh, so, you know, when we think that, well, this happens when we're not around, it allows parents to be able to say, well, I never leave my kids unattended, so this accident can't happen to me. Um, it happens when you're out back mowing the yard. It happens when you're downstairs doing the laundry. Uh, you're in the kitchen cooking dinner. Uh, and the kids are off uh, in the house doing their own thing. Um, it's it's astounding to me uh, how we just kind of try to put gun responsibility off on, on something else. Um, when I was just uh, a little boy, uh, my mom and dad would drop me off at uh, my grandma and grandpa wires. And uh, when grandma and grandpa were busy doing stuff around the house... Uh, I would go into their bedroom, uh, and uh, they had one of those headboards with the sliding drawers, and you slide the left sliding drawer over, and a Luger that my grandfather brought back from World War II was in that cubby. Uh, and I would sneak off to their room, and uh, I would get that gun in my hand, uh, and the more times that I would do it, uh, the more curious I would get about how that gun worked or the stories that were behind that gun that he brought home from the war. Um uh, in a blink of an eye, uh, that accident could have happened to me. I could be uh, that person that isn't here anymore uh, to e even talk about gun safety on this show. Um, and it's astounding to me because when I ask uh, audiences that uh, I speak to about these things, uh, you know, if we could get in a time machine and go back in time and confront my grandma and my grandpa about that gun, what do you think, Gram What do you think, Grandma and Grandpa would say? You know, uh, this, the 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 surefire ones are, uh, you know, Joey knows not to touch the guns. You know, uh, Joey uh, isn't allowed in our bedroom. Uh, you know, uh, Joey doesn't know that the gun is there. All these things have one thing in common, and that one thing in common is that it puts gun safety in that home as the responsibility of Joey, right? Uh, gun safety is not a child's responsibility. Right. It's not the child's, you know, because they told Joey to take out the trash and he didn't do it. They told Joey to clean his room and he didn't do it. They told Joey to do his homework they told and he Joey didn't do it. Told Joey not to try cigarettes. Told Joey not, yeah. Yeah, they told Joey all kinds of things, right? Uh, so we're foolish to think that, well, gun safety is a big deal to us, so it's a big deal to the kids, and the kids are going to listen to that. Oh, I took him out back, and we shot a, a gallon jug of water. He knows what it'll do. Right. Uh, all, all of these things put the responsibility back on the child. Gun safety in your home is not a child's responsibility. It's yours. If, if there's an accident in your home, it's because you failed to fulfill that responsibility. 20 years ago, when I first started teaching people about guns, uh, there was no good way to tell people how to do that. Um, you know, the best you could do is go buy a Browning gun safe. Uh, and I couldn't ever be a hypocrite and tell people that they should keep the gun that they intended for home defense in a Browning gun safe. You know, I can just see people spinning the combination going, uh, hey, honey, what was that uh, combination to get into this thing because somebody's trying to break into our home? That, that's not realistic. And, you know, also, there was always a loaded gun in my home. Growing up uh, as, a, as a kid, uh, obviously there was a loaded gun in my grandma and grandpa's home growing up as a kid. 
So I, I continued down that same path uh, because of lack of education and, and lack of knowing a better way to do things. Because let's face it, my dad taught me about guns. My dad didn't have any professional training. Uh, his dad taught him about guns. He didn't have any. Now, both my dad and my grandfather were in the Army, but that didn't give them professional gun handling training or gun safety in the home training or self-defense training or any of those right. things. Um, so we, we get these things handed down to us uh, from our fathers and grandfathers uh, without really investigating what is the best practice, what's the best way to do these things. Um, modern technology has changed the whole Browning gun safe uh, predicament. Uh, you can go uh, out now and buy uh, a gun lock vault uh, that has biometric technology that you stick your fingerprint on and it pops open. Uh, that is fast enough for you to be able to defend your home. Um, having good uh, discipline when you come home uh, at the end of your day and you go to put that gun away, when you're done physically carrying that gun on you, uh, put that gun in that lockbox uh, so that the kids can't get to it. Uh, you know, and it, when you when you put that when you lock that gun up, you can still re readily access that firearm for the protection of your family, uh, and uh, and keep kids uh, out of harm's way. So you talked about some uh, like quick access gun safe stuff. How do you recommend those be stored? You know, so I've got you know one in every room, one in my bedroom, one in you know. Um, here's the number one thing that I recommend. Uh, the safest place for the gun to be is on you. Uh, the, the, the safest gun you own is the gun that you are in physical control of. Uh, this last year alone, uh, I had at least two gentlemen come to training here at the, our training facility that had home invasions happen to them uh, while they're sitting there on the couch watching TV and the gun's in the bedroom. Uh, I recommend that a uh, person keep that firearm for personal and uh, protection and home defense physically on them uh, to the degree that they're willing to do that. Uh, when that door blasts open and you're sitting on the couch, there is not time to retreat to your bedroom in a lot of circumstances uh, and grab that gun. And, you know, and in some circumstances and floor plans, retreating to the bedroom to get the gun means that you are allowing that bad person in between you and your loved ones. So uh, lots of things to consider there and to think about. Uh, the best gun to have is the one that's on you. Uh, when you make the decision to put that gun away, uh, that gun should be locked up or stored in one of those very quick, ex quickly accessible lock boxes, at least one full step from where you sleep. We need to uh, safety's not in the hands; it's in the mind. Uh, we need to be able to make good decisions uh, with our mind before we make a decision with the gun. Uh, if you uh, wake up out of a dead sleep and retrieve that gun from that lock box. Uh, you know, and I, you know, tell people all the time, you know, think about this happening in your home. Uh, think about the size of your bedroom. You know, the average bedroom in the United States is 10 by 12, 12 by 12. Not very big, right? Uh, you hear the bump in the night. Your front door gets kicked in. You sit up out of bed. You reach over. You pick up that handgun and take one step and you're peering down the hallway 
ready to make life or death decisions, right? Um, having a, a moment to uh, make good decisions and access that pistol uh, or that firearm um, and, and, you know, in a state of mind that is ready to make those decisions is important. Uh, just uh, not long ago, uh, uh, just uh, north of here, um, a, uh, a guy wakes up in the middle of the night, uh, hears someone's breaking into his home situation just like what I just described. He kept the handgun on the nightstand. Um, he sits up at a bed, grabs a gun, looks down the hallway, and sees an intruder crawling in the second floor window of his home. Uh, in order to protect his family, he lines up the sights, fires four good accurate shots, um, and then gets to thinking, man, what if somebody came in ahead of that guy? What if there was more than one? Uh, he goes down the hallway to investigate uh, to see if there's anyone else in the home, uh, turns on the light in that bedroom to discover he's just shot and killed uh, his own teenage son who locked himself out of the house when he snuck out to visit the girl down the street. Putting a firearm into action immediately uh, sometimes can not only be the wrong decision, it can be uh, the wrong decision that you have to live with the rest of your life. People have killed loved ones in that same scenario Many times. Many in history. times. That's why I mean, my four safety rules of, of my own safety rules is be sure of your target and ensure that its foreground and background remain clear. Uh, it's your responsibility to be sure of that target. It's your responsibility to make sure the foreground and background remain clear. Without that being a whole episode, man, that's what a nightmare situation. Right. Of course, right? Uh, and, you know, when we talk about castle doctrine and we talk about uh, intruders in our home, uh, you know, the last thing any citizen should want is to start a gunfight in their house. You know, uh, I, I tell people in my classes that, you know, if they have an opportunity to give a warning, they should do that. Hey, get the out of my house. I have a gun and I've called the police. That kind of does two things for you. Uh, first of all, hopefully this person runs away. No gunfights happened. Everybody in your home is safe. Dad, it's me. Yeah, yeah. That You hear the, the voice come back from the other room, Dad, it's just me. Every time that happens is a good day, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'll get people all the time and say, you know, castle doctrine, I don't have to give a warning. That's my house they're breaking into. And that's exactly what I say. What would that guy give to go back in time and give that warning and hear that voice come back the hallway that it's someone that you care about. Um, it's, we talked about that a little bit in the last episode, man. Like the, they're not thinking as deep into this as, as they should be. There's so much, there's so many more layers and there's so many more things that could possibly happen. Go right, go wrong. Uh, it's, we're, we're carrying around or we have in our homes the ability to apply deadly force at basically what's the press, the press of a button. Right. And it's a it's a great responsibility, and it's so much more than just pressing the trigger. And uh, we're going to talk about some more of those uh, things that sh we should be considering as far as as it relates to uh, safety in the home with a firearm. Right when we get back. In the 1911 world, there's Nighthawk Custom, and then there's everyone else. Nighthawk Custom makes the highest in quality 1911 under the motto "One Gun, One Gunsmith." 
Each 1911 is handmade with each part fitted by one gunsmith from start to finish. Nighthawk Custom is giving away one of their custom 1911s every 90 days this year. All you need to do to register is visit www.nighthawkcustom.com forward slash gunfightercast and sign up. All right, welcome back. Joe, when it comes to educating children, what have you seen that has been effective uh, or, or what do you what do you recommend? You know, I, I want to teach these kids safe gun handling. Is there an age? Is there, you know, what, what do I teach them? Absolutely. Uh, so uh, here's what I'll tell you. You know, um, the first thing is, is that people need to make a choice about whether to educate their kids, their grandkids, uh, their nieces and nephews, uh, the children that are associated with your family about guns. Um, no matter whether you make a choice to do that or not, you've still made a choice. Uh, choosing not to educate your kids about guns, all that does is leave that education up to someone else. Yep. Uh, because you can only control what happens in your home. Uh, when your kids or grandkids or nieces and nephews go to Sally or Billy's house for their birthday party and Sally or Billy say, hey, I know where my dad keeps his guns. You want to go check them out? Now who's educating the kids in your family about guns? Yep. Sally or Billy, right? Uh, so I say that uh, children should be educated uh, as early as possible in safe gun handling and not to touch firearms unless supervised. Um, you know, there's many different ways to do that. Uh, when, my, when my boys were uh, very young, uh, I would make sure there wasn't even any ammunition in the room. You know, uh, because here's here's the common scenario when I when I go to uh, uh, when I go to uh, the, the daycare centers, uh, not, uh, the preschool places and things like that and talk about the Eddie, the Eagle firearm stuff and stranger danger stuff. Right. Um, uh, there'll be kids sitting in the in the mat there. Right. Uh, and uh, I'll say, hey, you know, kids, where are the guns at in your house? And. Sally will say, oh, they're on the top shelf of dad's closet underneath the sweaters that he never wears, right? They know. Uh, uh, yeah, they know. And soccer mom's jaw falls, right? Uh, soccer mom's jaw is falling because soccer mom thinks it's a secret where the guns are. The kids know. The kids also know that you think it's a secret. So when are they going to go look at those guns? When you're not paying attention. When you're not paying attention, right? So, uh, you know, you got to get the guns out. You got to show the kids the guns. Yeah. Uh, I Describe the parts to them. Hey, this is the front sight. This is the rear sight. This is the, the trigger. Uh, you know that if you come across one of these uh, when you're at somebody else's house, not to touch it, right? If somebody else is playing with something like this, you got to run and tell an adult or run and home. And examine yourself. You know, maybe maybe you're not the one that should be teaching them these things. That could be true. You know, maybe it is find somebody like Joe or, or myself, you know, or anybody that, that is going to go do that. Right. Because uh, there's there's plenty of people all over the place that are qualified to do it. And and I'd, I'd imagine that most people that, that actually download a firearms training related podcast probably are pretty well qualified. They probably know right. pretty well. Either. Sure. I would say most of the listeners here. But, you know, everyone. But, so, you know what? Every one of those listeners has a family they know member. Somebody. Yep. All of them know somebody, have and a best friend. you could friend. be that person for those people that you know have firearms in their house. And that's what we were talking about early on is inspiring a paradigm shift in this this community that we have of, of not accepting when a friend of ours 
is is not storing a gun in their home correctly. You know, and I, I don't have a system that I teach that is signed off on by NSSF or NRA for teaching kids. I've got a little six year old um, that that knows he has quite a few toy guns and he knows not to point them at anybody or himself. He has been practicing safe weapons handling without knowing it. He just thinks it's second nature now. Like it, that's just normal. You don't. Right. I, don't I don't point this to people, and we still get on them every once in a while. But he, we, it's rare. It's like when you get that brand new guy in class that's always doing something dangerous, and then by the end of a couple of days, and then his third class he comes to, he's no longer a problem anymore. You know, but it's uh, and so you know, Gunner doesn't really have an issue with his toy guns of muzzling people. Um, he's been around it so much. He watched he watched detonations today. He watched breaching charges go off today. Right. You know, and he thought that was the coolest thing ever. So he he, he just he doesn't care. You know, right now. But tomorrow he may, right? You know, he's like he 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 doesn't care. So it's uh, people ask me, has he ever shot a gun, or what, what guns does he like to shoot? And I'm like, never shot a gun in his life. He's six years old. He has never shot a gun, and it's not because I'm trying to protect him from it or anything else. It's just, I'm not pushing it on him. Uh, he understands that here's how you see how mom and dad handle these guns, and you see how we carry them, and you know not to talk about it or touch it when we're out in public or anything else. And he never even brings it up. Right. He never even cares. It's a part of life to him. It is. It's totally normal. It's like, yeah, dad's putting a belt on. Dad's right. putting a gun on. Like it doesn't even matter. Um, and whenever he looks, whenever he starts getting a little bit more interesting, interested, we're gonna go right out and start shooting. Right. But and and I, I I'm confident. Well, I mean, obviously, I'm still gonna keep reinforcing. I'm not done, obviously. Um, because of what we've set with his toy guns and everything else, as weird as that may sound. Um, I see good weapons handling, and he watches videos of me doing things. So he he mimics what I do if he's got his toy guns. So it's uh, I, I'm confident that that is going to help uh, when he does get interested in firearms. Sure, yeah. So you know, I, I think uh, removing that secrecy away is is, is step one. You know, uh, we're not trying to hide anything from you. Uh, th- this is where we keep the guns locked up. You're, you know, you're not allowed to do this. Uh, but these are the guns. Take, remove that secrecy. Remove the I have to sneak yep. to do this. You know, my kids knew uh, from a very young age that uh, if they wanted to check out a gun, all they had to do was come get me, and I'd stop what I was doing, and we'd go talk about guns. We'll you know, <laughs> my kids would, my kids would be like, "Hey, Dad, there's this uh, really cool gun on on Call of Duty. You know, do we have one of those?" Uh, son, if it's a really cool gun on Call of Duty, I probably have two of them, right? So, <laughs> so yeah, uh, you know, I mean, you know, my kids, uh, you know, and I, I, we grew up a, a hunting family. You know, my, uh, you know, my kids both shot their first deer when they were six. Uh, I certainly don't think that people need to drag their kids out and have them kill something at six years old. Uh, but talking about guns um, uh, when the age time is appropriate, and you know, people will say, "Well, what age is that?" I don't know. I you, like, just like what you're saying. You can't answer that. Uh, my boys are five years apart, uh, and I always wanted to leave my youngest son in charge when they were teenagers because he always made better decisions than the than the son that was five years older than him. Sounds and, like and, my family, and, 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 and or me and my my brother. And, he was and, older. Yeah, yeah. And, and now that my kids are older. It's kind of flip-flopped. My oldest son is now making better decisions than my younger son. So, uh, you know, there's a time uh, for everything, right? And parents know when that time is. Uh, But you have to invest the time in the kids, talk to the kids about guns, uh, get the guns out and show them to them, make sure there's no ammunition even in the room, 
check and double check the firearms before you bring the kids around them. Um, take the guns apart. Show them how they work. Put them back together. Uh, remove that mystery and that uh, um, that secrecy of the guns being in the house. They know they're there. The, the kids know everything that's in that house. Yep. You're kidding yourself if you think they don't. Um, you guys may remember the episode of Gunfighter Cast uh, a few months ago when the 14-year-old boy uh, took his father's XD40 out of the safe, uh, went to the living room, shot his dad who was sitting on the couch, killed him, took the Dodge Ram, drove to the local middle school, and started shooting the kids. Um, that's when little Jacob Hall was killed and, and, and passed away as a result. Uh, had that gun been locked up? Right. That they, he, this was a disturbed 14-year-old. Tons of problems. you know. And even if he wasn't, had that gun been locked up, none of that would have happened. Had that gun been on the dad's hip right there, carrying it inside of his house, or in a quick-access gun safe, and that child not knowing the combination wouldn't have happened. Lives right. would have been saved. That's right. Here's uh, one of the things that I think is important, too, uh, for the listeners, uh, is that... Uh, you know, you probably have a lot of listeners that maybe live live at home alone or uh, have a significant other but don't have any kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my opinion, those houses with no kids are the most dangerous houses for kids because kids will eventually come. Not just guns. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, so. I'm always more worried when we go to a house with a family that doesn't have kids. Right. Whenever I take Gunner there. I'm like, I'm, I'm scouting the house. Like, where's your bathroom? And I'm really like, right. I'm doing recon. I'm like, what is dangerous around here? Exactly. And I'm like, hey, we're going to go outside and, and play horseshoe or something. Hey, where do you keep your guns, man? Where are they at? You right. know, can, it, can, you, can we go in here and make sure there's nothing out? Because he's over here playing with another guest friend's kids and they're playing a video game. But I, that scares the crap out of me when we go to a house with a family that doesn't have kids. Sure. Well, you know, and, and here's the thing, right? Uh, maybe you're not even home. You know, maybe you leave your firearm on the nightstand and 99% of the time that that's perfectly okay in your home because you and your significant other are the only ones there, right? Here's why that's wrong. Let's say your significant other has a friend over and that friend has kids while you're at work. And one of those kids, like you say, goes off to the bathroom and sees that gun. You know, uh, it, it, the more accessible that that gun is, the more liable you are if someone else uses it wrongly. You don't have to be at home for that. I ask people that. Like, hey, they're like, we're those, hey, we're going to carry our gun. I mean, I keep mine on a nightstand. And uh, is that a good place for me to keep it? You know, I keep my light and everything else. I'm like, do you have kids? Like, no, I don't have kids. So I'm good. You know, so, like, you don't have any friends that have kids? Or neighbors that have kids? That come over? Ever? Or grandkids? Right. Uh, so, you know, uh, the, the firearm, uh, you know, as, as a gun community, you know, we, we are absolutely failing at teaching the gun safety stuff correctly, teaching the proper storage practices at home. Uh, you know, no one's saying that, you know, uh, you have to keep a gun locked up. What I'm saying is, is uh, if, you, if the gun isn't going to be physically on you, then lock the gun up uh, and... and uh, and when and anymore, the term "lock the gun up" uh, doesn't mean behind that Browning gun safe door. Yeah, I don't need to go uh, like three times to the right, twenty-four back, six to the left. You know, none of that craziness. No. Uh, you know, you go over here to uh, any major gun store, and for two hundred and some bucks, uh, 
Uh, you can get one that, you know, you and your significant other put your fingerprints in it uh, and you touch that thing and, uh, and it pops open and gives you access to that gun. I personally have a quite a bit of experience with a few of those different brands and uh, the ones that I recommend for if you're going to go the biometric route, the only ones that I would have in my house for biometric would be the ones made by Liberty Safe. Uh, they have a a crazy high success rate in those. Uh, your gun vaults, uh, they don't have near the success rate. They have a lot of failures in the biometric system in those gun vaults. It's just not set up with the uh, the way the Liberty is. They they went all out. You pay a little bit more for them, but I mean it's it's close to 100. percent I mean it's it's insane how yeah. how that technology just came along. Uh, I've also had a few gun vault where you press the buttons and they lost the code, which really scared me a lot. Didn't like that at all. Uh, I'm not getting paid by Liberty. They don't sponsor Gunfighter Cast or anything. It's just I've did a lot of testing in these and trying to figure out what worked right. Um, the Liberty quick access gun safes are are kind of where I start and stop in the quick access gun safe based on my own personal experience. So sure. check those out. Good price points on a wide variety of them too. Yep. Uh, the uh, the other advice that I would give uh, for the biometric safes is uh, uh, most of them will let you. I mean, it's a crazy amount. It's like 15 different. Multiple fingers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, you know, program in more than one of your fingers. So if you get a paper cut or a burn on your fingertip or something that that uh, sensor isn't recognizing, you have a second option or a, th a third option on every, you know, I mean, how many users in your home are you going to have? If it'll, if it'll accept 15 fingerprints. Don't uh, go by the battery either. <laughs> have it plugged into the wall. Right. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Um, the other thing I'd like to talk about uh, in, uh, with gun safety in the home uh, is uh, a lot of folks don't think about where's a safe place to point your gun at home. When you're uh, prepping that firearm, uh, you're loading it up for the day, or uh, maybe you're unloading it or whatever, uh, where's a good place to point the gun? That's exactly what we're going to talk about right when we get back from this. This episode of Gunfighter Cast is brought to you by Bravo Concealment Holsters. Use our coupon code GUNFIGHTER at checkout when you visit bravoconcealment.com and get 10% off your entire purchase. Yeah, so we own guns to protect the ones that we love. Uh, we bought that gun to protect my, ourselves and our loved ones in our house, uh, not to increase the risk that we put on them. And if we're not storing a gun properly... Or if we're handling that gun improperly, then we are not being an asset. We're putting more risk on it. It should be safer. My home should be safer because I have a gun in the home. Right. Not more dangerous because there's a right. gun in the home. And, and you know, the, the, the statistics on that are pretty clear. You know, for, on, on average, if you have a loaded gun in your home, it actually makes your family less safe, statistically. Yep. Uh, if you can make peace with that, you can put those statistics back in your favor by exercising proper handling skills and and locking the gun up when you're not going to be physically carrying it. Well, so uh, where are your guns pointed? And, you know, in, in my handgun class, I talk about when safety starts, when, when gun handling starts. And uh, having a little short six-year-old carrying a gun in – my waistband that is above where his height is, even if it wasn't, I could still be muzzling his body. Before, When my hand is making contact with the grip, even before that happens, I am thinking muzzle orientation immediately. Even before the gun comes out of the holster, I'm thinking, 
am I drawing in a way that is safe for my son or everybody around me, but also with respect to lethality for that person that needs bullets in them right now? Am I, I need to be thinking that immediately. And if I have my gun out, whether I'm, I'm checking out something in the house or uh, I grasp it off the nightstand or out of the quick access gun safe or whatever else, you know, I've got to be thinking about muzzle orientation. Where is that? Yeah. And what stops bullets? What doesn't stop bullets? When, when I go to pick up a firearm, a little voice goes off inside my head. It says this. It says, Joe, you're good. You're so good. You're about to have an accident. Pay attention to what you're doing. Yep. Uh, you know, complacency uh, is what gets us when it comes to this. You know, yep. thinking that this accident can't happen to you. Because uh, you know, I'm you, me. Yep, I'm me, and I know what I'm doing. Uh, you know, those are the people that are most likely to have an accident. You know, so um, when you get control of that gun, you know, where's a safe place to point it? Uh, if you're upstairs and your family's downstairs, are you going to point the gun down? You know, um I investigated uh, a negligent discharge uh, that uh, a gentleman had in his living room. It was a nine millimeter Glock. Um, bullet went through three walls of his apartment, left that apartment building, went, uh, I think it was 91 feet across the courtyard, entered the apartment building on the other side of the courtyard, and went through two walls of that apartment's house. All right. So, uh, you know, everybody will say, well, you know, it's a nine millimeter. It, it, it's not that powerful or it can't go that far. I always say it'll, that bullet will go until it stops and you're responsible for everything that it does. Um, so, you know, thinking about the construction of your home, you know, if your home has a fireplace, even with a good hollow point, we typically see at least five walls. Right. Right. You know, uh, so, uh, you know, no one, no one where that safe place is to point the guns when you're going to load, unload, uh, uh, you know, if you know that there's a, a brick fireplace that comes up through this wall, uh, that would be a good wall to point the gun at, you know, when, when you're doing these administrative things, uh, in case you do have that accident. Um, the, uh, if your home doesn't really have construction wise, a safe place to point it, uh, make a safe place. You can take, uh, a bookshelf, bookshelf, you know, and stack it full of books and make that safe place to point the gun. Uh, and you know, you could even strategically make that bookshelf be against a wall, uh, next to your doorway so that you could actually make a bulletproof wall to protect yourself from an intruder. You know, if you know that you can stay in that spot and look down the hallway and something that somebody shoots at you is going to be stopped by that bookshelf, all the better. So it can be uh, actually, uh, you know, a safety thing for you and your family. This totally fits in the gun safety in the home category, but it also fits into our next episode when we're talking about home defense. Right. Yep, for sure. Uh, So, uh, you know having those safe practices and thinking, you know, if I am that uh, person that does have a negligent discharge in my home, where's that bullet going to go? And, and thinking that thing, thinking that whole thing through is, is pretty important. Yep. Uh, the last thing that I think we'll cover here is uh, I, as a trainer, I see students and I talk to them all the time. They ask me about dry fire practice at home and you know, I, I try to be careful when I'm doing dry practice to not let my son see me doing any kind of dry practice. Um, I try to be either away from the house or uh, in a room with the door shut just because I, I don't want him to see me 
handling the gun maybe more nonchalantly than I am in some way, which I try not to, but whenever I'm trying to get some high reps on something, whether it's reloads or uh, just pressing the trigger, um, I, I'll just hold that gun in my hand, bend down, pick up that mag, set it up again, maybe set it on the bed, whatever, put a new magazine in my, my holster, pick the gun up and go again, uh, trying to get some, some speed to get as many of these as possible. And I, I don't want them to witness, not that I'm doing anything dangerous, I'm still following safety rules well within them. I'm still handling guns you know, the way I should, but it's still, I, I don't want him to see me treating this gun, maybe like I'm, I'm playing a game. Or it looks like I'm treating this more like a toy. And I, I don't know what his perception is going to be because perception's king. Sure. And I, I don't want to influence that. So I, I try to be away. But I also make sure I don't have any ammo around. Uh, remove the ammo. And I lock that slide to the rear. Finger the magazine well. Check with my eyes. Check with my fingers. Check again. Send the slide forward. Look away at something else. Come back and I tell myself, I'm not crazy. That gun is really empty, and when I pull the trigger, trigger, it is not gonna go bang. And then I go, I'll do it. You know, after I've double checked, triple checked, visual, physical, twice, looked away, distracted by something else, came back, did it again. That's what I do when I clear guns. Me too. Um, I've had to clear guns here in the last in this course that we've just done, where we're doing runs with with, with guns and they're unloading everything else. Um, and I, I see some of the officers are checking each other's guns. Like, yeah, you're clear, you're good. And then whenever somebody would show me a gun. Middle finger's going in their magazine well, my eye's going in there, and I'm holding it, and they're trying to pull it away. I'm like, no, I'm not done. And then I'm checking it with my finger, and then I'm, I'm like going back again, looking away, and I'm checking it again. I'm like, yeah, you're clear. You know, and they're, they're kind of looking at me like, wow, he's, I'm really clear now, right? Right. But that's the way I do it, man. That's the way I do it, too. And, and uh, that's the way it should be done. Uh, you know, uh, uh, visual and physical inspection does several things, right? It's two different types of sensory input going into your brain to let you know what the condition of that gun is. Uh, and, you know, I mean, how many times have you looked at your watch or your cell phone to see what the date or the time is? And you put your watch or your cell phone away only to realize you have no clue what the date or the time is, yep. right? You looked, right? Uh, you know, when you just, when, when all you do is a quick look into that chamber, what does your mind expect to see? It, yes. And you'll fill in gaps, man. That's your right. Your mind will fill in the gaps and let you see what you wanted mm. to see, what you're expecting to see, especially when light conditions aren't the best. Sure. Yep. Yep. And, and that brings up another point. Uh, being able to feel the condition of your gun is a foundation for more advanced skills. You know, if you learn how to, uh, feel the condition of your gun, uh, out on the range or during everyday handling of that gun, when you load it and unload it, you're feeling it's loaded. You're feeling it's unloaded. Now it's two in the morning and you hear the bump in the night. You retrieve the pistol from where you normally keep it. Can you feel whether that gun is ready to protect your family's life? You know, uh, you know, it's building a foundation of, you know, maybe you can't turn the lights on in the middle of the night, uh, to check that gun. Um, you know, so, you know, it, it does lots of things for you to, to, to do things that way. You know, so, you know, dry fire practice is, you know, uh, is very important. I, I love uh, the fact that, you know, you're not doing it in front of your kids because it could give you the wrong impression. Uh, certainly picking out a spot in your home that if you do uh, have that accident, uh, it'll stop that bullet and keep it from going clear to the neighbor's house. Um, if you don't have that spot, make a spot in your home that is most likely. I live uh, in an RV, so about all I can do is hang armor. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, and some people don't have armor. So, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not telling people to go out and buy a, you know, $200 uh, or an $800 piece of armor 
to uh, dry fire practice into. You know, you can do it. Uh, if on you need cheap- armor, visit infidelbodyarmor.com and use coupon code SHAW10 for 10% off your entire purchase. That was an unplanned commercial right. spot yeah, right totally there, un- but hey, yeah. it, was, it was good. I had no idea you were even going to do that. So neither until just now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other thing is, like uh, you say, you know, no ammunition in a room. Uh, the other thing I'll add to that is remove uh, what is the other biggest distraction in your life? Uh, the cell phone, right? Uh, y- you know, it is so easy uh, to get distracted by your draw f- dry fire practice with a phone call or a message. You, and, you lost and, me there. So I can practice with a gun without Instagram or without video? You could. That's you could. crazy. And, and, you know, you probably plan your dry fire practice around the room that has the I'm best lighting. I'm this from bro science, but <laughs> what's the most important thing on the range? <laughs> lighting. Lighting. That's right. <laughs> lighting is the most important because if it's a nasty, stormy, rainy day like right now, I'm not even going to the range because the Instagram pictures aren't going to be good. Right. Right. Yeah, no Who sense cares even about going. practicing, practicing? Right. Um, remove the distractions, right? Uh, taking away that phone, uh, you know, I mean, you don't want to get a phone call and while you're on the phone, uh, load the gun up while you're distracted and then hang the phone up and think, well, I'm just going to get two more dry have fires. have to go in. do something and leave it all <laughs> sitting right there for your kid to come right. put together. Yep. So it's pretty easy to get distracted. So that time should be, uh, you know, your little special time. Uh, and and uh, get your dry fire practice done. Don't let it be interrupted. Uh, and if it does get interrupted, don't go back to it. Guys, have a gun in your home to protect your family, your loved ones, and yourself. Do the right thing. Be safe. Uh, you bought that gun to protect them. So make sure you do that every day in every interaction that you have with that firearm and with your family and do a do a little self-check on this am i making the right decisions am i doing the right thing am i getting complacent am i trusting my child's safety to him only you know or am i the one who is controlling the safety of my family and uh stand by for home defense uh with joe wire here in the next episode of gunfighter cast thanks for listening gunfighter cast signing off Gunfighter cast out. Oh, Gunfighter cast out.